Welcome back to the podcast and as always, let's get straight into it. Today we're going to be doing a read-along of a book called Six Easy Pieces by Richard Feynman. Our intention and our goal from doing this read-along is that tomorrow we can do an analysis of a very short paragraph from this read-along to understand something about ourselves. First step is a read-along today. The intention of this read-along is to fully grasp and understand what Richard Feynman is trying to teach us and hopefully learn something from this very short introduction of chapter one. And then tomorrow, with our analysis, we hope to self-reflect and intentionally self-improve. You might ask why we cannot teach physics by just giving the basic laws on page one and then showing how they work in all possible circumstances as we do in geometry, where we state the axioms and then make all sorts of deductions. We cannot do it in this way for two reasons. First, we do not yet know all the basic laws. There is an expanding frontier of ignorance. Second, the correct statement of the law of physics involves some very unfamiliar ideas which require advanced mathematics for their description. Therefore, one needs a considerable amount of preparatory training even to learn what the words mean. No, it is not possible to do it that way. We can only do it piece by piece. Each piece or part of the whole of nature is always merely an approximation to the complete truth or the complete truth so far as we know it. In fact, everything we know is only some kind of approximation because we know that we do not know all the laws as yet. Therefore, things must be learned only to be unlearned again or more likely to be corrected. The principle of science, the definition, almost is the following. The test of all knowledge is experiment. Experiment is the sole judge of scientific truth. But what is the source of knowledge? Where do the laws that are to be tested come from? Experiment itself helps to produce these laws in the sense that it gives us hints, but also needed is imagination to create from these hints the great generalizations, to guess at the wonderful, simple, but very strange patterns beneath them all, and to experiment to check again whether we have made the right guess. This imagining process is so difficult that there is a division of labor in physics. There are the theoretical physicists who imagine, deduce, and guess at new laws, but do not experiment. And then there are the experimental physicists who experiment, imagine, deduce, and guess. We said that the laws of nature are approximate that we first find the wrong ones and then we find the right ones. Now, how can an experiment be wrong? First, in a trivial way, 
if something is wrong with the apparatus that you did not notice, but these things are easily fixed and checked back and forth. So without snatching at such minor things, how can the results of an experiment be wrong? Only by being inaccurate. For example, the mass of an object never seems to change. A spinning top has the same weight as a still one. So a law was invented. Mass is constant, independent of speed. That law is now found to be incorrect. Mass is found to increase with velocity. But increase requires velocity near that of light. A true law is if an object moves with a speed of less than 100 miles a second, the mass is constant to within one part in a million. In some such approximate form, this is a correct law. So in practice, one might think that the new law makes no significant difference. Well, yes and no. For ordinary speeds, we can certainly forget it and use the simple constant mass law as a good approximation. But for high speeds, we are wrong. And the higher the speed, the more wrong we are. Finally, and most interesting, philosophically, we are completely wrong with the approximate law. Our entire picture of the world has to be altered even though the mass changes only by a little bit. This is a very peculiar thing about the philosophy or the ideas behind the laws. Even a very small effect sometimes requires profound changes in our ideas. Now, what should we teach first? Should we teach the correct but unfamiliar law with the strange and difficult conceptual ideas? For example, the theory of relativity or four-dimensional space-time and so on? Or should we first teach the simple constant mass law, which is only approximate, but does not involve such difficult ideas? The first is more exciting, more wonderful, and more fun. But the second is easier to get at first, and is a first step to a real understanding of the first idea. This point arises again and again in teaching physics. At different times, we shall have to resolve it in different ways. But at each stage, it is worth learning what is now known, how accurate it is, how it fits into everything else, and how it may be changed when we learn more. Let us proceed with our outline, our general map of our understanding of science today particular physics, but also of other sciences on the periphery, so that when we later concentrate on some particular point, we will have some idea of the background, why that particular point is interesting, and how it fits into the big structure. So what is our overall picture of the world? That is the very short, or I should say moderately long, introduction to chapter one of six easy pieces not sure if you have guessed yet or not but pause it now if you if you still want to guess our paragraph is going to be this paragraph and hopefully we'll analyze it tomorrow it goes as such 
Each piece or part of the whole of nature is always merely an approximation to the complete truth, or the complete truth so far as we know it. In fact, everything we know is only some kind of approximation, because we know that we do not know all the laws as yet. Therefore, things must be learned only to be unlearned again or more likely to be corrected. So if you want to take the rest of the day whenever you listen to this and think about this one paragraph and how we can derive anything from it, because tomorrow we are going to dive deeper into analyzing perhaps not what Feynman is trying to teach us about physics, although that is very important, that is what the book is about, but one of the important processes that I am learning in that it has been saving me in multiple ways and I'm hoping you can learn this is that in in relation to anything that happens around you it is what you derive from these how you can take what occurs whether it happens to you or someone else and reflect on it in ways that ultimately just make makes you a better person it makes us all better people and and this is one of the, the processes is that even if you're talking about physics, how could we take it back and uh, not change the message altogether, but learn what is being said and also do a bit of critical thinking, outside the box thinking and in a bit of reflection, which can never hurt in my opinion. So I look forward to the analysis. I hope these read-alongs um, are successful or I guess just this one because this is our first one because if it is I will do more of it it is more exciting for me because I get to read more it's more academic and so I'm gonna give it a shot you guys are always great by giving me your feedback so I look forward to hearing all the good and maybe not so good stuff um so thanks for listening